3: Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling?
0: Uh, Everything's going fine. You know, normally I think we do a podcast and then it's like, you know, it could come out two days later, it could come out 12 days later, but I think we'll just put this out tonight because it's a very busy day in the sports world. Mm -hmm. So we're recording this, assuming Chester puts us out after uh, we're recording this on uh, August 26th Wednesday night and um, yeah.
3: and we're recording the... at like 7:45 p.m. so uh less than 4 hours after the Bucks game was scheduled to begin.
0: Right. So the the Bucks didn't go on the court. Uh, that game got postponed. They claimed to forfeit the Magic sort of like no, you can't forfeit. We uh, we also forfeit basically. Yeah. And then the other two game NBA games got canceled. Uh, I think at least three baseball games are not happening it seems like
3: by the uh, way, it would have been absolutely wild if the magic had taken – and you know the magic are owned by Betsy DeVos' family. So can right. you imagine a scenario yeah. where they like take the win?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I thought that's what I like. That's what the Bucks were going for. Like the Bucks were fine losing the game. Well, I also yeah. think it was like a, it was like all right, you know, we'll be up three to two still. Like, the, yeah. it's not, we're not. It's a stronger concerned. stand on principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, the, it's the Bucks stand to make because because this happened in Wisconsin.
3: Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it it is incredible though. I think within like less than an hour of the Bucks uh, uh, protesting and saying they weren't going to play in the game, apparently in the locker room they were on like a conference call with the governor and the attorney general or something like that of the state of Wisconsin. Um, that was tweeted by sources. Has that been confirmed? Do we know?
0: Yeah, I believe they spoke to the okay. AG and the lieutenant governor. Oh,
3: okay, lieutenant. Okay, yeah. I just you know I want to be a little careful. Obviously, we're we're recording this pretty much in real time, so I want to be accurate on everything um and, and obviously i mean hopefully by this point um most people if not everybody knows that the context of what happened but obviously the bucks play in uh the state of wisconsin where in kenosha on um what i don't remember exactly which day it happened but uh jacob blake was uh, shot seven times in the back in front of his three children an african-american man in kenosha wisconsin um and as, I, as far as I understand, there's still an investigation, but no one has been arrested in terms of any of the, uh, any of the a- alleged shooters. Uh, also last night, a 17-year-old uh, in, there's been protests and there's also been some rioting in Kenosha in the last couple of days. Uh, yesterday, a 17-year-old uh, a white supremacist, one would presume uh, shot and killed uh, two people, I believe, uh, in, uh, in, in that city. Uh, who uh, later was not not drawing a direct connection, obviously, to all Trump supporters. But uh, we now have images that he was in the front row of a a Trump rally in Wisconsin when Trump was in Wisconsin a couple of months ago. Anyway, so yeah, so things are are pretty dark. But I I do think that we'll see exactly what happens, obviously, in the days and weeks and months to come, both with the NBA and with sports in general. But 2020 has been impressive to me how usually when people protest or people rally, in this country it takes it takes a lot of effort and it takes you know and, and we don't necessarily see results very quickly uh you know after all these mass shootings for example there's been lots of protests and people demanding reform of gun laws and and things have not really uh moved very quickly to put it mildly but this year it's been very different i think that in in the wake of what happened in minneapolis originally with george floyd the the very quick uh, reform that we've seen in cities across the country in terms of uh police practices and, and, and other policies has been pretty impressive and so the fact that you know these Milwaukee Bucks players almost immediately were able to to get this meeting uh with the lieutenant governor and the, and the attorney general hopefully we'll see um you know further action and hopefully that's not where it ends but uh a little inspirational also a little bit confusing you know admittedly as sports fans we, we want sports to go on but we realize that there are things that are more important and that the nba players have a, a unique and limited opportunity to influence policy and uh, more so the nba owners who are far richer and far more powerful than they are and uh, a number of whom have become you know big adv- uh, advocates on this issue in a way that they really weren't historically you know like mark cuban obviously who's would you say mark cuban's the most influential uh, person in the nba other than lebron maybe
0: um, I mean, I'd say silver probably over him and I'd have to really go through the rule decks of owners yeah. in my head, but maybe I don't, I mean, I don't think
3: Cuban in terms of high profile. I mean, he talk, there's talk of him running for president and things like that.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't think there's a massive difference between, you know, any of the, you know, most prominent owners probably. Oh, cause well, the, the ear of basically, you know, anybody they want at any point.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would say most of the 30 NBA owners could probably get, um, you know, the governor of their state, the senators of their state and and possibly the president of the United States uh, on the phone if they wanted to. But Cuban definitely could. And he's just he jumps to mind because I remember that a few years ago he was talking about Trayvon Martin and he made comments about how, you know, when he saw African-American men with hoodies, he would cross the other side of the street. And just a couple of years later, he was like, you know, he's been like a real strong advocate in like the Black Lives Matter movement. So. I think that we have really seen a lot of movement from NBA owners and, uh, you know, obviously they deserve a lot of credit, but also the players who help push them in that direction. So, yeah, I don't know what else. Do you, Do we have anything else to say? Or, I mean, we just thought we have to sort of acknowledge what's going on because it'd be a little tone deaf to just record this Chiefs podcast and release it in a couple of weeks when we spin the wheel. And in the meantime, you know, release like the Giants podcast <laughs> or whatever today. So, i right.
0: Um, no, I mean, I am curious to see where it goes. It did sound like there was a, you know, a, certainly a point today where like that was going to be it. And I, I do think that is possible. I also think not that the players don't 100% care about these issues. I do think they are going a little stir crazy in the bubble. And, and that would, you know, if they were just like at home and, you know, they had to play a game in two nights, they'd be like, okay, maybe. But I, I think a lot of them probably are itching to go home, especially the players on the losing teams uh who like weirdly are gonna have a vote in this I don't know by the time people hear this maybe they'll be you know they this will be uh resolved but uh, yeah it, I mean it, well the
3: funniest it, part was the jokes right when the, you know at 401 when before anybody knew what was going on people were like oh like you know the the magic players are the biggest losers because they want to go home and <laughs> right the magic stuck players in like, the bubble <laughs> yeah
0: probably not super interested but the, yeah, yeah. I, I it's interesting because I think with you know we could transition to football now but football because the rosters are so so much bigger, the population of the players is um, in terms of, uh, you know, f- f- almost 100% American as opposed to the NBA, which, you know, the, the best player, maybe the two best players now are, are non-American. Um, the, you know, but but also a lot of players from the South and, and, you know, I think it's politically maybe a little more diverse than the NBA. So it, it would be harder to get um, 53 guys on the same page. Uh, and also, the owners in the NFL, for whatever reason, are a little more conservative too, and probably. Would but be-
3: I, I don't know if you need all 53 guys on the same page. I think that uh, one of the you know nice things of sports, like a lot of other organizations, is within the locker room. Whether it's 12 guys or 53 guys talking, there might be a disagreement. That, but I think that as a team, when they make a decision, they come out and they do it together as a team. And we've seen this. Yeah, different but different I'm teams. just saying think- it would be very policies- hard.
0: Yeah, it would be very hard to get a football team to uh, make the stand that the Bucks did today.
3: Yeah, but it's not just the Bucks now. It's all these, te- you know, it's every NBA team, and, and I don't know. I, you know, we're recording this on August twenty sixth. Are you one hundred percent positive that uh, in week one the uh, thirty two NFL teams are going to play as planned?
0: Well, uh, for non COVID reasons, yes, I'm I'm positive.
3: Okay, because you know, I
0: mean, they might. I, I mean, there's you know, for, to factor in COVID. I'd say probably, you know, it's it's obviously it's up in the air. Uh, but yeah,
3: but I'm saying not for if this COVID-19. God
0: forbid happens like the night before. Uh, week one and then so like do the packers play that it's far from a guarantee yeah but, that, but that's but, uh, what i'm saying just, I'm just But saying before
3: harder. 4 p.m today there was a hundred percent chance other than related to covid that
0: i still say it's a hundred percent i'd still say it's a hundred well, but you but
3: ju- you you just qualified it though oh
0: so okay for all right for things that are currently known um
3: you're saying you, if there's a I'm horrific asking, you see if a there's scenario, a
0: shooting the weekend of week forbid. one yes but or uh, yeah all or any other is, week
3: yeah do you see a scenario where week one uh players or teams uh decide not to play for you know reasons it's possible social justice? It's, yeah. it's
0: possible it's unlikely but it's definitely possible
3: yeah and i don't think it was um you know four hours ago it, it does come back you know we've seen sort of college football players really uh get unified and 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 issue statements uh trying to protect their interests and also the interests of their communities in a way that we've really never seen before over the last few weeks we'll see what goes on there obviously a very different circumstance the nfl to college and those guys have a lot more reasons to uh be concerned and not want to play for themselves not even talking about anybody else obviously so but yeah we'll see what happens but we are cutting into the 32 minutes unless we uh move the bomb over a little bit but we have you know we have principles and policies on this podcast so we're supposed to be talking today about the uh, number one team in our power rankings not a surprise uh, of among all our listeners who submitted rankings nobody had them lower than two the defending champions the kansas city chiefs and uh with us as always to talk about the chiefs is our resident uh, chiefs fan cole hogan so cole welcome back to 32 fans uh you know you've been sitting here silently i don't know if, if you want to contribute anything on the, on what we've been discussing or if you want to jump right into the chiefs that's totally understandable but uh either way welcome back to 32 fans
1: hey guys well glad to be back and today's i so i just got off work you know a couple hours ago and i'd been pretty you know focused in on that and so i hit twitter after work and was like whoa what is happening and then i went over to reddit and was like oh my gosh nba games are canceled and then i learned the reason you know it makes total sense but it's it's so sad, but it's just
3: a lot to catch up on. today. Yeah. yeah. If you're not online at work. It was a day. Yeah. It was a day. Yeah. yeah. We've had a lot of days this year, yeah. uh, but you had a huge day on February. Was it fourth?
1: Yeah. Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I bought the biggest champagne bottle I could find in the liquor store that day, mm-hmm. hoping to God that I wasn't jinxing anything. Yeah. And pretty much the entire game felt like I had jinxed things. Yeah. And then suddenly, wasp happened, and I became the happiest man on the earth.
3: Yeah, so. and then you remember, yeah, jinxes don't actually matter. I mean, but that's really the 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 how all your playoff run went, right? Like you fall <laughs> way behind in these games. Yeah, and it, there's you know they talk about how in the NBA, especially today, and especially, you know with the way offenses are and shooting, like no lead is safe. And with the Chiefs' offense and Patrick Mahomes, no lead is safe. I mean, you're up twenty-four nothing. I mean, I, the, the Texans in that divisional round, I mean, the, their fans were just completely dunking all over the Chiefs, and they're like, yeah, this game is over. And um, obviously, you guys come back to win that. When you come back against Tennessee, you uh, win the Super Bowl. And also, I would say, and Akiva, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you know, right off the bat, this team, I think, has lost fewer impact players than any Super Bowl champion that I can remember.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Super Bowl champions, you know, if, if you're old enough to remember back to the 90s, late 90s, you know, when free agency was in full swing, and I guess people were still dumber. Like, whoever played well in the Super Bowl would just get, like, a five-year, $25 million contract from, like, the Raiders or the Jets and never yeah. do anything again. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really happen as much anymore. But, yeah, this team lost. Uh, wh- who were the key losses, Cole, from, from the Ch- Super Bowl team?
1: Uh, I, we didn't really lose anyone on offense of, of note. Um, I guess you could say we lost one of our linemen, Laurent Duvarney tardif but we didn't really right. lose him to another team. He just... Opted out right to,
3: he, he to a, be a doctor
1: he, yeah. in, in the pandemic so true
3: patients yeah
1: yeah um you know, and, I then, know that and, then we, and
3: then you're starting running back opted out also but fortunately your first round draft pick is a running back so the only right the only and major was, consequence I mean, there is for fantasy owners it's very clear who to draft now so
1: yeah well and and he wasn't ever like a a premier running back the only reason yeah. he was you know, so highly regarded and had such good games is because Mahomes was handing him the ball and they had to respect the arm, you know? Yeah. So, so I, we didn't really lose a ton. It's pretty amazing.
3: I mean, this team comes in with an over under of 11.5, which, I, and I haven't done the research, I probably should have, but has a non Patriots team had an over under that high in a decade, Akiva, or ever?
0: I'm not, I'm trying to think. The Saints never had an over under.
3: Higher like than that. eleven and higher than eleven, I don't know. I mean, eleven is usually like, I mean, eleven and a half is really, really high. And we'll play so, the schedule game with Cole if we have time. But I think it's totally warranted. What we just saw Patrick Mahomes do, and I saw a quote where Andy Reid told Mahomes and uh, Teron Matthew that as long as they keep playing, he can coach here till he's like ninety. I think was the quote.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it this way: if you know, I honestly haven't really looked. I keep up until about a week ago. I just assumed the NFL is going to get canceled, and so I, like it's just now real to me that like, oh my gosh, we might actually try to make a season happen here. Um, but no, with last year we were twelve and four. If you think about it, and Mahomes missed I think three games, four games with the knee, yep. um, and somehow we still won twelve games. And so this year, you know, you always assume that your quarterback's going to stay healthy hope for not like a 2007 Brady obviously but you know how do you not think that you could do a repeat with the same offense and a quarterback that isn't out for three or four weeks
3: yeah now having said all that obviously we need to point out that we haven't had a team win back-to-back Super Bowls in uh, 16 years so it's obviously uh, far from a short bet and the Ravens uh, were the one seed in the AFC last year and the Ravens have probably gotten better uh, certainly I don't think they've gotten worse. So not, nothing's a short thing, but obviously you have to feel very, very confident right now
0: let 's look at fantasy football for a second um, so Clyde edwards helaire came out of nowhere this summer you know after Damien Williams, who had what eight or ten touchdowns um, in in the playoffs some obscene number or maybe was it like 12, t- 10 touchdowns in the last two playoffs or something like that um, it, so he, he has he has a job to himself. do you think that is um justify that Edwards Hilaire is now creeping like into the, you know, seven, six, five. Some people are saying he's, he, you know, he might be the, you know, real number one or number two behind McCaffrey. Like uh, I'm
1: always a, a, a guy that overdrafts on running backs because mm-hmm. there's just so few bell cows in the league. Um, and when we don't know if, if CEH is a bell cow. However, what we do know is he's going to be the ball hog. You know, he's not, he's not going to have to share with really anyone at this point. Um, so whether or not, you know, Whether or not he's going to be amazing in terms of his skill, which, I mean, I think we all expect that he will be pretty skilled. But regardless of if that turns out or not, when you get the majority of the carries, especially on a premier team where they have to respect the quarterback, I think that that warrants a very high pick. I mean, we've seen that with, you know, uh, other teams in the past where their running back wasn't necessarily the world's greatest at, you know, seeing, you know, their vision and all that. But just the fact the volume of carries that they got really carries them throughout the season in terms of fantasy.
0: Um, yeah, it's just funny because Edward Talaire, it like, you know, it, first of all, I'm trying to think of the last rookie running back who's been drafted this high, I guess maybe Saquon. Uh, I'm trying to think of, it haven't been too many. And you know, it's so rare now that a running. Yeah. Um, was Zeke draft, was Zeke picked in the f- first round in his rookie year? I'd have to go back and check. I'm not sure. Um, I, I want to ask you about the O line. It's funny because it's such an anonymous offensive line, besides maybe Mitchell Schwartz, where you'll see a lot of articles where like, hey, Mitchell Schwartz is so underrated, but he's so underrated at this point, he's not underrated anymore. Yeah. Um, so you have Eric Fisher, who's also like semi anonymous, but also <laughs> the former number one pick in the, in, in the entire draft mm-hmm. as the tackles. And then, and then on the inside, what's going on in the inside of the line? Because I feel like there's a lot of anonymity there also.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's a lot of inexperience there. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be a little bit of, you know, wait and see. I mean, we don't even have preseason games to, you know, look yeah. and see how this, you know, kind of fleshes out. Um, we had a lot of shifting parts. I mean, I think a lot of teams can say that every year. But we had a lot of shifting parts last year with our offensive line um, through injuries. You know, LDT, the, the doctor, you know, was injured for a lot of last season as well. Um, and now that like the chiefs off, like their official, like death chart hasn't even been updated because, you know, since LDT has opted out. So like, we don't even necessarily know what Reed is thinking officially, um, you know, in the last two months, let alone since campus started. Um, so it's going to be a lot of, um, I think plug and play and see how the things flesh out, especially the first few weeks of the year. Um, but the thing that, you know, instills confidence in me is. Mahomes ability to you know extend plays and he's not uh he he runs less than Alex Smith but because of his arm you know it opens up not only the running game for other players but it also opens up the running game for himself I mean he had that electric run in the playoffs where he dashed like 40 yards for the touchdown on I think his third or fourth down um and, and and that that's there because the defense has sent so many guys back you know um to be in coverage and it helps with the um, line just as much as anything else.
0: What do you What are you nervous about about the Chiefs? Like, uh, uh, and not just uh, you know getting fat and and like and like you know comfortable after having won the Super Bowl. Like, what makes you nervous about this team in terms of? Hey, maybe they won't repeat, or at least won't win the AFC.
1: Um, it's a good question. <clears throat> I think the thing that makes me more nervous than anything is, you know, when you have a a five hundred million dollar man, you know you're always concerned about his health, Um, you know, especially with last year, uh, a seemingly routine, you know, pile up, you know, on a QB sneak. And all of a sudden he's, he's still laying there um, afterwards with his knee popped out of place. And all of a sudden he's gone for a month, which was best case scenario. Um, So I think that's the thing that, you know, you're most concerned about at all times is keeping number 15 healthy. Um, But beyond that, I, I think, you know, you have to be concerned with, you know, when you have such a high paid offense, you need to be sure that the, the defense that you're drafting and, and any rookie that you're drafting, that you're, you're thinking, okay, they're going to start your one. Um, they really need to step up to the plate. Um, so guys like CEH or, or Willie Gay, um, those folks, you know, they have to be what you think they are. Otherwise you're in a world of hurt at those positions. Um, so I think those are the things that you're most scared of is making sure that everyone's playing up to their potential.
0: Well, what's the spot specifically
1: that you are most concerned with? Is it the offensive line? Is it the secondary? Um, So, I mean, Tyron Matthew has really helped shore up that secondary spot, but we have a really unknown linebackers group. Um, So I think that's probably, and, you know, we drafted Willie Gay to help with that, um, but we just don't have a ton of experience there outside of, you know, if if you want to count Frank Clark as a linebacker, although, you know, he's, he's not really a linebacker. Um, so I think that kind of is my personal, you know, question mark.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, also in the secondary. So Breland suspended, right? Um, you're really you don't have a ton of draft picks beyond uh, Edward Talair, right? You have Willie Gay at, at linebacker. I think you didn't have a third round pick, um, and and uh, he's your only uh, offensive draft.
1: We pick. had we had a third round. It was Lucas Niang, and the oh, tackle.
0: you did? Oh, Okay, he he opted out. Uh, yeah. I think it's probably the only rookie that I could think of in the, you know, I don't maybe, maybe like a sixth or seventh round guy, but a relevant rookie who opted out. It's kind of strange.
1: Yeah, um, it was a little, a little unexpected. I don't mean, know. I, I don't know. I think know that, was, I I think that was the only one that we were like, Oh crap. You know, like that one actually is sort of impactful. We, I don't think anyone really was all that worried when, um, I am. Well, L, what LDT and, and Damian Williams. Yeah. Damian, I, I don't think anyone was super concerned when, Williams opted out um, and LDT to some extent, but um, I think that was at least somewhat expected, you know, thinking he's a doctor, that would make some sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, but with Williams, it was just kind of out of left field. Um, but, you know, with us drafting a, a pretty highly touted running back in the first round, that all of a sudden makes that not as much of a concern.
0: Uh, yeah, the corners, Trevarius Ward, Antonio Hamilton, Colbert, uh, the rookie, like you said, Willie Gay Jr., not an inspiring group necessarily.
1: Um, you know, really oh, gay.
0: Sorry. is a uh, sorry. Snead is the, is the rookie corner gaze is the linebacker.
1: Yeah, correct. Um, you know, I think Ward has some potential and Bastard Breland, um, also has, you know, quite a lot of, um, you know, tape that he's, he put on um, last season that, that really showed um, some potential from him. Um, so I think, honestly, I think you'll see that our, our cornerback group is, is pretty short up. I mean, you go back two years ago and, and we're looking at, you know, signing washed up guys in week 16, week 17, just trying to get, um, you know, any sort of life there, because we know that that's our biggest weakness on the field. Um, but I honestly, cornerback is not something I'm super concerned about this season. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Um, you know, we, we like to give a uh, coach confidence rankings, but usually we do it for the teams whose coaches are, you know, more Gruden-ish, like, you know, maybe on the chopping block or you know, in a, in a spot where, you know, the Marvin Lewis special where it's like, all right,
1: is it, when's this guy going to be gone?
0: So give me your, your, uh, confidence level with your head coach, Andy Reed from one to 10.
1: Uh, we'll go with a nine and a half. Okay. I mean, there's always room for improvement. I mean, you didn't repeat yet. Hmm. I mean, you guys also uh, like, you know, Alex said, you, not only did you not lose really
0: anybody besides Kendall Fuller, um, from your Super Bowl winning team, you didn't even lose partially because you made the Super Bowl. You didn't even lose your coordinators, right? Because the yeah. ends up not getting a job, so you still have your OC yeah. Spagnuolo. Spagnuolo, you know who's now uh, was he the DC last year? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's now won the Super Bowl with two different teams as a defensive coordinator. So you know, you're you're as stacked as any team in the league at at coordinator. Also, um. So, you know, there's really a lot of reasons to be optimistic. I would, as a Jets fan, I don't know if you'd be interested, uh, trade rosters with you guys.
1: I would rather not. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've lived that life. You know, you may have lived it longer, but yeah. I would rather not. Um, also, on the you know the coordinator front, just to round out, if, I'm sure Dave Tube listens to this, but I don't want to forget him. I mean, he's been, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, been maybe listed the best as specialty. a head coach yeah. candidate yeah. for five years, if not longer, and somehow we still have him, so...
0: Yeah, no, the team is just stacked not just uh, with players, but with, uh, with coaches.
1: It's almost like I... when you win, people want to hang around.
0: Yeah, nobody's really demanding a trade out of KC right now, I guess. That's fair. I mean, eventually, like, if you do have, you know, there, there are star players, of course, Chris Jones, Frank. What's Chris Jones' uh, contract situation, the best player on your defense?
1: So I mean, he, he got his um, contract um... – let me pull it up real quick. So you know he got it. He signed through 2023 now. Um, so he he should be pretty happy. Um, you know, honestly, we were pretty stunned with the contract situation. I think the the thing that was quoted all you know at the end of the season is that we had like 600 or 700 dollars in cap space um, mm-hmm. as we entered into the offseason. And yeah. all of a sudden this year now, after um, signing Mahomes and, and restructuring some deals. Um, and then extending Tyree um, extending Chris Jones, um, you know, keeping Sammy Watkins, which helped open up some money. Actually, um, all of a sudden, now we have almost fourteen million dollars in cap space, which we assume that we're probably not going to spend, and we'll roll it over into next year because who knows how the COVID cap is going to affect next year? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, you know, then all of a sudden, next year's cap is okay too. It's it's a pretty wild experience going from zero cap to $13 million cap and having all of your players resign it. Yeah. It, well,
0: who's the next guy who needs a contract? Is it Tyreek? Uh,
1: man, Tyreek just got paid as well. Oh, he He's, did get paid, he's locked right? up okay. through 2022. 20, oh, so there's really Travis nobody who just gonna... got his deal yeah. as well. I mean, everyone got paid of our core on our offense. Yeah.
0: Well, that's wild. All Watkins, all right, so gotta... I guess
1: is done after this year. I'm not done, but done with the Chiefs. Honey badger. He is,
0: is he signed beyond this year?
1: um he is signed through 2021 um but he could be a cap casualty in 2021 since his dead cap is only five mil mm-hmm. so it might be his last year theoretically okay but it just
0: alex uh, sp- sp- taking his sweet time getting this baby i don't know where the baby is
1: well we saw a baby and then we saw typing and now he's gone again
0: oh he, i didn't i didn't see him on the on the zoom um yeah, the baby has done many podcasts. The baby's been on like a dozen <laughs> different podcasts in, in its first two weeks of life. Uh, let's let's go to the schedule. And we don't have to go week by week um, as in-depth as maybe for other teams, because I think you're going to have them winning most of these games. So let's look up the Chiefs' schedule, Cole. Okay, and, um, got it. And tell me where you think they might lose.
1: Where they might lose, I mean... At the Baltimore Ravens, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah. ESPN
0: really—they got it. That's a, that's a nice gift they gave ESPN. You know, ESPN usually gets like six absolute clunkers a year. Yeah. Uh, for their you know billion dollars, but the Casey Baltimore <laughs> game is is the best possible game I think on the NFL schedule from a football standpoint. Maybe not from like a rating standpoint. Assuming that's yeah. like Dallas versus anybody, probably. Yeah. But.
1: It's it's always got to be the Giants or you know, whatever's in the NFC East.
0: But yeah, but uh, but Casey Baltimore, uh, that's you know. Even if, if football gets canceled, let's get through that game first, at least. Uh, right?
1: Please. Um, you know, I think that's an obvious one that everyone could see going either way. Um, and and frankly, you know, we still are a team that has lost some surprising games. I mean, um, it, it's not at all something that would shock me to see us lose um, to you know at you know maybe maybe the Bucks. Who knows? I mean, who maybe they'll be great this year with. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's corpse, yeah. as well as everyone else's corpse, like Conk yeah, that's the post game. So you don't
0: yeah. you don't see the Bucks for a while.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah. Raiders are opening up their new stadium now. Granted, they want not have fans, so I mean, maybe that negates that. But there was always some hype with new stadiums. So, but it's also the second half of the season when we play there. So, Like they may be dead already. But I mean, uh, last yeah. year, you know, we lose to the Colts with only scoring thirteen points. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like we usually drop, most teams usually drop at least one game or you just kind of scratch your head. Um, so I think any of those, you know, AFC West games, however, Andy Reid absolutely demolishes the AFC West every year. So are you York nervous Saints about, about the big one
0: about the opener? What about, what about the Thursday night opener, which is uh, two weeks from tomorrow? Uh,
1: I, I don't,
0: that's against res- Houston for people. Who don't yeah. Know.
1: I don't respect Bill O'Brien as a coach.
0: Yeah, or as a man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, have, I have my doubts ever, like, worrying about that game. I mean, it seems like every big game – I think they beat us once in a semi-big game in the last, like, three or four years, and it was last year in the regular season. And granted, mm-hmm. that game destroyed me. I was on vacation. I had to drive back as soon as the game ended, and I don't think I spoke the entire way back.
0: Yeah, weird thing about the Chiefs last year, uh, you know, considering that they were so good. And they won, um, you know. Well, they won the Super Bowl, but they won fifteen games. Is they uh, went five and three at home? I mean, obviously they, they got to they got. Yeah, to we were better home. on the road last year. Yeah, but the the only the only road loss for Kansas City last year was at, was at the end of the oh well, not so end but uh, in Tennessee, which they were able to uh, avenge in the AFC Championship game. Um, Yeah, and you lost. Yeah, other than the Packers game that you lost, uh, you you lost to three of the four. I think you lost to everyone but Jacksonville in the AFC South this year. Your only AFC South game is Week One, so you can uh, you can avenge the Houston loss, which you did avenge right by putting up fifty-one on them in the in the first round of the playoffs already.
1: Of our four, we avenged uh, two of them in the playoffs, so you know it was Mm -hmm. it was was nice. Yeah, and just the schedule as a whole,
0: you guys play the AFC West. I, I mean, excuse me, you are the AFC West. You play you play the um, AFC East, excuse me, and you play the NFC South. So the AFC East is the weak, weakest division in football without question, and then the NFC South is kind of stacked. I mean, the Saints are an excellent team. Uh, the Falcons are, you know, not a fun matchup, and uh, the Bucks. You get the Bucks at a good time because Brady's going to be like forty six by the time you play them in, in the, you know, <laughs> November 29th. Is,
1: is Matt Ryan going to be um, stone cold Matt Ryan this year, or is he going to be? Uh, you know, half frozen Matt Ryan that can't hardly throw football. I don't
0: know. Life. And you also get Carolina um, the second half of the season in November. So either they'll have figured it out or they'll be one in seven and, you know, throwing, throwing, uh, uh, what, what's his name? What's the Vine guy's brother who's there? Will Greer. Will Greer will be the uh, quarterback by week nine. And that's, and, you know, that's an easy win. And, and you got the Jets coming to town November 1st. I'm, I'm sure you're already nervous about that.
1: Hey. Uh, I can't wait to see you there. We have 22% uh, capacity at the stadium. Mm-hmm. I hope you'll you plan to attend.
0: Listen, when Darnold and Mahomes are in the building, all bets are off. I, I think that's going to be the two best young quarterbacks in the game. I think. It's I, I got
1: to uh, tell you that I have been down on Darnold since the moment I saw him play in his like, first game. And I texted him, I was like, this guy does not have it. And it took him about a year and a half to come around. But I think we're all on that train now.
0: Weird, you know, the last four weeks of his rookie season, and we're actually doing the Jets podcast right after this. But the last four weeks of the of, of his rookie season, he I think had the like the highest pass rating in the NFL. And then last year, you know, he get, he gets mono, and 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 he wasn't really himself for a while. And he had a couple games, generally against really bad teams, where he looked good. But yeah, I'm 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 not completely out on him, but you know, I'm willing to consider moving on. If the idea <laughs> is Matt Moore the backup again? Is Moore gonna is Moore backing up Mahomes?
1: Yeah, he should be. Um, you know, last year at the start of the year, he was he was not. We had Chad Henny backing up, but he actually got injured um, and had surgery himself. Um, and so mm-hmm. Matt Moore ended up being the backup. Um, and Henny actually came back towards the end of the season. And actually, I think it was while Mahomes was out that Henny was you know, healthy enough. But Moore had been playing. <laughs>